Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew Arkey. I'm the head of communications for Steemit. And today on this episode of the Steemit podcast, I'm here with Eric Johnson, co-creator of Cash the Game. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself, the game that he's building, what makes it so exciting and special. And then we're probably going to talk a little bit about why they're choosing to build their game on Steam. Hey, Eric. Hey, thank you for having me here. Um, so let's just jump right into what cash is and then I'll talk a little bit about our motivations for building the game and who we are, who I am. Um, so cash is a social cryptocurrency training game and it's set in an eight bit dystopian cyberpunk universe. Um, so, so really the goal of this game is to start as a nobody in the cyberpunk universe. You're, you know, you're dwelling in a tent and your goal is to really work your way to the top. Um, and what the top means is, you know, rich with crypto and owning most, the most coveted real estate in the game, which is a, uh, your own cryptocurrency exchange, which you can do. Um, the game's powered by Steam blockchain, uh, although there's some interactivity with other chains, including Ethereum, and I can dive into that a little more later. Um, some cool things about the Cash Universe is uh, you earn crypto just for playing, and um, you basically trade these in-game cryptos to earn your fortune. These in-game cryptos are also on the Steam blockchain. Um, so you actually, you know, they're actually minted to a real blockchain and you, you own them. Um, and the social part is you can affiliate yourself with various groups in the game. Um, some other things you could do are chat, peer-to-peer -peer trade, and you can even attempt to hack other players. Um, so there's a lot of ways to play the game. And um, one of the cool things is it's going to be free to play. Uh, available on web, iOS, and Android, and we're targeting the release of the game in fall. But right now, you can go to cash.gg, and I want to mention that's cash as in like a store, so C-A-C-H-E dot G-G, and pre-register just by adding your email address. In return, you'll get a free random in-game item. Uh, so you just head there, put in your email address, and you'll get items like ghost jacket or... Uh, I think we were providing some deck jacks, which are, uh, as I mentioned, the, the way to hack people is to use that item. So a lot of cool free items if you just hit there now and, uh, and um, get signed up. So that, that's cash. Um, I also could talk a little bit about, you know, our motivations for cash and, and things like that. Um, yeah, that. That would be great. But could you maybe start by talking about maybe your background and the background of the team, just so that we can get a sense of, who's behind this project. I think that's really important with crypto related projects is that because of the anonymity of the decentralization that the team behind these projects is especially important. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to hide behind a, a you know, a pseudonym like Satoshi by any chance or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and actually in our backstory, we have, we have a, a, a mysterious character as well, but anyways, um, so cash is built. Uh, I'm a co-creator of cash. Um, and I'm a long, uh, long time web and mobile developer, uh, by trade. And the other co-creator, his name is Roscoe LaMontagne and Roscoe's professional multimedia artist. So he's got installations in, uh, you know, places like MIT and, um, ultimately though, we're really just huge crypto. We were huge cryptocurrency enthusiasts and longtime gamers across all sorts of platforms. Um, so so really the origin of our idea was, was us kind of throwing out some ideas of, of projects that we could try out. And um, 
we kicked off our idea at the 2018 ETH Denver Hackathon, uh, which ended up being like the largest blockchain hackathon in terms of participation. And cash, uh, the game ended up winning an overall reward. Um, so really, this idea comes from us being in the you know in the cryptocurrency space and following it as fans and enthusiasts. And what we saw in the crypto space, uh, you know, as far as you know, in the sort of the media or the natural, the social media of it, was the drama of the exchanges, the markets, the price swings, the mystery, as we mentioned, the you know the satoshis of the world. And so we really wanted to create a world and a game uh, for players that like cranked up that idea, like to the max, to the, to the 11, so to speak. And, um, but also like make, make it a little bit lower risk, a lot more social and a lot more fun. So obviously, um, you know, it's free to play and you don't, you know, when it, when a, when an exchange crashes or, or is hacked, uh, you don't lose your, your family fortune. It's super meta right the idea yeah. is basically like we worked so hard to build up these cryptocurrencies and give them value but the whole point of cash is kind of to to fight for currencies that aren't really valuable in a way or something can you correct me no yeah i think i think it's like i think you're right about the meta it's like the idea is like you know as we move towards a more you know more and more like layers of meta um you know, cryptocurrencies in the world of cryptocurrencies itself was was sort of a meta space. Um, but ultimately, the community and the people that around it that were using it made it real. And so I just, we just kind of jumped on that idea. It's like, well, why don't we, there's nothing, there's no technical limitation now to sort of making it mixed reality. And by that, I just mean, you know, okay, if cryptocurrency, if, okay, if normal money is real, now cryptocurrency is real. Can we can we then make a, a game or a world that is sort of blending the real and the 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 fake, or the I, I don't even want to call it the fake, but the imaginary, and and in a way that is very like you said, mind blowing. It's just there ceases to be that that barrier, and I think that barrier is just coming down every day. And you know, we have a ten year goal of. You know, we're starting with a very simple game. Like I said, it's 8-bit. Um, it's got a trading dynamic that is sort of based on the original game Drug Wars, which was a DOS game or even a TI calculator game. A lot of people know it that way. And then can we, in 10 years, like jump from that to, you know, a full virtual reality world where people can enter the game and, and travel around and, and travel to these exchanges um, in this universe? So, so that's 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 really it. You really nailed it with the whole meta thing. And we're trying to bring the metaverse to reality. Um, is there a narrative structure to the game? There is. And, and the thing is it's open-ended enough that it's a social game. Whereas anytime you travel to exchange, there's other players, but ultimately the narrative is that you are always trying to uh, basically trade cryptocurrencies um, and, and essentially gain the highest score your highest score is basically like a an amount of what we call fiat coin so fiat coin would just be like us dollars although in the game us dollars don't exist anymore cryptocurrencies have really usurped the the world in a way that um it you know is it, is sort of dystopian and that's a joke um you know not 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 fully a joke against um big tech companies, but, but ultimately that, you know, there, 
we want to basically foster this idea that we want crypto to ultimately bring freedom. So, you know, it's, it's more about the people in the community fighting against, you know, um, sort of a tyranny of, of, of big companies that are trying to control everything. So what do you think is going to get people the most excited about playing your game when you're talking to steam users, right? We've got a million plus users, lots of whom are playing games. One of those games is actually drug wars which yep. is now the biggest blockchain game on the planet. But you're going after something that I think is, is significantly different. So what, what will you be saying to those users that's going to get them fired up and eager to play your game? Sure, yeah, there's two things. I mean, I, 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 think, I think is we, we're, we have a lot of, we're building a lot of features that foster community inside the game. So there's about 20 different affiliations in the game that you can choose right off the bat. And you can be a part of that community instantly. You can trade with other players. Um, so community is, is a huge, huge thing. And then honestly, uh, because it's this cyberpunk universe, because it's sort of open-ended, um, there's really an opportunity to be yourself and grow and be rewarded with it and rewarded just for your experience. Um, so you're, you're able to basically collect in-game items and crypto. Um, which, you know, it's a big thing. And obviously, you know, so many games nowadays are powered by, you know, um, basically collectors, you know, collectible card games like Steam Monsters or, uh, you know, Crypto Kitties was like the Atari version of, of, um, of some ideas on, on the blockchain where it's like, you know, I'm going to own this, I'm going to own this avatar, or I'm going to own this item and I'm going to own this, um, let's say, token and it's mine, I own it on the blockchain, and I can trade it. And what we're doing is fostering basically a platform for people to, to play. Obviously, there's an objective of getting the most, but we want to foster a platform that allows players to play in a number of ways, ultimately allowing more creativity. So you can be yourself, you can play the way you want, and we feel like you know we're going to create a dynamic that is basically almost out of our control right we're not we're, we're excited to create this universe and let people do what they want inside of it basically i think that's really interesting and especially because it validates one of the big, big projects that we're working on right now which is our communities feature which is going to be implemented in a piece of software called hive mind i'm sure you're you're well aware yep. of it a lot of people don't really I think understand why we think this is such a big deal. They think it's about having sub communities on steamit.com, which it is, but it's actually about adding functionalities to the steam database that we think the widest array of developers want and need to power their applications. And I think that plays out in, in your app, like your app, is an especially good example of why that is. It sounds like a very different thing from steamit.com, but at the end of the day, it really winds up coming down to communities. But I'm sure we'll, we'll get into some of those details later when we dive into the maybe more technical aspects of the game. I wanted to go back to something you said. You guys won ETH Denver. Would you mind talking a little bit about what that experience of working with Ethereum was like, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, and maybe, I assume, how that led you to Steam as a solution. 
Sure, absolutely. So obviously we kicked off in 2018 at Eat Denver, so February 2018. Um, you know, we, we won an overall award. Next steps for us was to really, um, you know, we built, uh, as you might know, or maybe you don't, Ethereum is, is a blockchain that's powered by something called smart contracts. And so smart contracts basically allow you to publish code on the blockchain and then, you know, the miners or uh, basically run that code for you and then they publish the results to the blockchain. So, you know, one of the, the couple of use cases that are um, obvious or, or emerged from that was um, tokens. So cash originally was, originally our idea was to make cash a coin operated game. Um, so you can publish a smart contract called the ERC-20 uh, contract, which would allow you to create, in this case, we created a cash token, um, which powered the game. And the other idea that we had, um, that we ultimately were used uh, Ethereum for or smart contracts for was, um, avatars. So when you created it, uh, when you, when you started the game, you could create an unlimited amount of avatars and you, uh, we would use an ERC 721, uh, token, which is a non-fungible token, which just means, okay, I can publish a set of, of unique data to this contract and then I own that and that unique data is your avatar. Um, so those were, those were really cool. They're like, like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You know, we can, you know, we're giving, we're giving something that's, I think, ultimately vital to players. And, and the fact that in today's world, we are rapidly moving towards a game format that is, you know, free to play. And ultimately, the business models of those games are in-game items, right? So the conundrum that players have typically had is, okay, I'm going to buy a bunch of items or I'm going to get a bunch of achievements. I'm going to, I'm going to buy a bunch of items and I'm going to, I'm going to have all these things, but ultimately I have no way to own them. They are only on a centralized server. And if that server gets hacked or that company folds or a number of things happen, well, I am, um, uh, SOL is the, is the acronym. I I'm out of luck, let's say, so to speak. So, so that for, for us was like, okay, that's a great use case for the blockchain. And we want to use, um, you know, Ethereum was a natural fit because it was, it was the first they had this, they had smart contracts. That was kind of the, in the Ethereum white paper, so to speak, it was the original idea. And we used that for a while. Um, you know, we did a beta or a small, a small beta of about 200 people, um, that were kind of insiders that were, or really just interested in playing the game. And we were able to collect a lot of feedback and ultimately there was some, some things I'll talk about that uh, led us ultimately to rethink some of our assumptions and also ultimately um, move some of our, um, uh, let's say some of our infrastructure away from Ethereum. Uh, so I can, I can get into that too as well. Um, so ultimately, um, with Ethereum, there was some downsides and, and we were able to work with the Ethereum blockchain a lot, a number of ways, um, to overcome those, but ultimately they, they were stifling and, and really it came down to, uh, a few major things. Now, I think it's really important to state that in today's world, the two things you want to be 
to compete really as a product are really fast and free. Now that might not be true in every single space, but in the gaming space, um, we are competing with attention and not and some of the problems with Ethereum right off the bat were mining fees. So in order to make a transaction, like I said, our game is, was originally coin operated, right? So we had these coins that you could buy and you, not only would you, would you pay for those tokens, they were, they were very inexpensive, but you'd also have to pay a mining fee for that transaction on top of that. And that mining fee is variable, meaning it could be, you know, less than one cent or uh, what happened in the summer of 2018 was um, because of some spamming that was going on with a certain application, mining fees were up to 20 or $30. So just off the bat, I mean, take it, imagine trying to play a game that takes about 15 minutes to play per game and having to play $30. Nobody's going to do that. Um, so that was immediately a huge concern for us and, and, and really was a, a bad assumption that we could treat this like as something that was, was as free and, and as possible. The other side of that is that mining transactions take time. So, you know, the blocks aren't instant. Um, so therefore, you know, if we, if we wanted to make sure that you had paid to, to play cash, um, we'd have to basically verify that in 20 or 30 seconds, sometimes longer. Um, so fast and free, um, those sort of that as, 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 as a ideal was sort of hard to get around. Um, there are some other user experience things that, um, you know, cash, cash interacted with the, uh, normal wallets, um, the Ethereum wallets. And so you have something like MetaMask, which is okay, but it's buggy and sort of slow and, it, and it's sort of a browser extension. And on the mobile side, you had a, a variety of different um, sort of mobile wallets that, you know, some were pretty cool, like Trust is very good and they, I, I really um, respect what they've done. Um, but again, it's, it, it was, it's hard to want someone to just jump in and play for free when they have to, you know, set up a, a, um, an in-game, you know, a, a browser extension or, or, you know, download another app and then go to a URL. So we, we, you know, and that's not all on the Ethereum side, that's, that's on a user experience side as well. So we're really trying to focus on making cash have an amazing user experience and steam actually helps us do that. So, um, I can also get into kind of how we're doing that or, you know, well, any, well, any sort of. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things. I'm guessing that, uh, does that mean that you're planning on using steam connect because we have keychain on steam, which is, uh, similar to, to meta metamask for Ethereum and, and keychain is great. But one of the things we've been thinking about at Steamit because we're in charge of ensuring that the most used steam app has as great a user experience as possible. When we look at browser extensions, like, like obviously we think fast and free are, are important too. They, we built them into the, to the base yeah, of our absolutely. protocol. And, and of course we don't charge for steamit.com. Um, but when, when analyzing the situation of managing keys, one of the projects we helped develop was steam connect. And that was precisely for that reason that we don't think that the majority of users 
are going to, can be expected to download an application to use right. another application. Um, so is the, uh, are you planning on using Steam Connect? Absolutely. Um, we're our, our first go-to right now for authentication with Steam users is, is, is Steam Connect. Um, ultimately, we'd like to maybe, we're throwing around the idea of sort of, uh, we'll, we'll see how far we can go and how easy we can make it to use Steam Connect, but ultimately, you know, we've thrown around the idea of, of integrating our own wallet, our own Steam wallet into the game just to make it as seamless as possible. We think we are, right now our assumption is that we're provided with the tools to use Steam Connect in a way that will be very seamless and very easy for the users to, uh, to, to, to basically get connected with their Steam account. Yeah, well, the great thing is that there are all these tools that are just ready for you to use uh, outside of the box. And then as you're using it, as you're developing the game, you can either help make those tools better or implement your own solutions. We certainly don't have any problem with that. Um, right. You know, as your game gets more mature, you want more custom tailored solutions for your users if the solutions that, that uh, already exist aren't helping you out. So you, you talked about using Ethereum, the smart contracts that you had on Ethereum. Was there, were there any problems moving from a smart contract platform to Steam, which does not technically have smart contracts in the sense that you can't add code to Steam. The smart contracts are all embedded in consensus and can only be changed through hard forks. So was this a problem moving to a protocol that doesn't allow for smart contracts? Uh, no, ultimately, you know, we, we always had, Cash always had a, a basically a game server. And the reason for that is that we, we want the game to move fast. Um, so we've kind of come up with the idea that Ethereum, um, you know, you'll have your items, your items can be uh, exported to uh, the Steam blockchain as transactions, which is a very, you know, we'll, we'll basically eventually, our goal and our vision is to build a, a way of, I wouldn't say pure smart contracting, but a way, a standardized way to sort of um, represent those items that are on the, on the Steam blockchain as transactions. And then the other, the other side is that we've kind of also retained the Ethereum smart contracts. Um, so you could think of the smart contracts. So you have your in-game items, you have your avatars, you have your tokens. Now think of how, think of using the, those, the, the smart contracts in Ethereum as a way to maybe push off your items into cold storage. And by that, I just mean that you can sort of burn your items to the Ethereum blockchain um, and then they're removed from the game and then you can import them back in. Um, we will, we're going to be doing the same with Steam and hopefully we'll be able to build a platform around uh, how to represent those and hopefully we can build you know, some sort of unified marketplace in the future as well. Um, so basically, you, know, you, bring your, you, you can import and export your items into the game play the game at, you know, full speed and, and move your items around in that universe. But you can also, you know, if you choose to move them into these various blockchains for storage. So correct me if I'm wrong, but 
it sounds like you're leveraging something we're calling soft consensus, where you're taking the code that was effectively smart contracts on Ethereum, you're storing it on Steam so that everybody can audit the code so that right. you can, you're, you're posting non-fungible tokens, fungible tokens, the code that's running the game to the Steam blockchain, but then you're running it on your servers so that you can get that user experience. And right. if people want, if people believe in smart contracts and their importance, you're reconciling that code onto Ethereum. Uh, right. I, do, I, I think it will be the case that eventually people will realize that they're not getting much value out of having the code stored and executed on a blockchain. And what they really want is their data their, their important code, their assets stored on a blockchain in a way that can be validated, in a way that can ensure that ownership of those assets is being transferred back and forth, that they can get all of that on Steam. But the beauty is that you don't have to choose, that you can integrate both, both protocols and you can let the users decide. Am I, am I about right with that? You're nailing it. You're totally nailing it. And that's, that's ultimately, you know, when you're knee deep in, in, in the development of this and you're really thinking about it all the time, you know, executing the code isn't as important as, as having, you know, you, you want ownership of your items ultimately. That, that's, that's what we feel like is an important value add of the blockchain. And we're going to give you that functionality fully. Um, but, you know, the, the logic the, the logic that gets you there um, is not as important as in this case. And there's so many transactions that ultimately don't matter. So like, I think there's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Um, he makes a joke about receipts, right? You go to a store and you want to buy a donut. It's like 40 cents or something. You know, I don't need that receipt. You know, I just don't need it. It's fine. I have the donut, right? It's mine. I own it, but I don't need the receipt for that donut. If there's a, if there's a problem, we'll just talk about it or whatever. Like it, it's something that will be thrown away. And so a lot of inner game transactions while they're recorded in our database and they're recorded to the steam blockchain, and you can certainly look at them there. They're not what you're going to want. Ultimately, what you want is that donut. That donut is now yours. And, and so that's what we're providing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And I love Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Um, and so I, I like the reference. I think in the space, we've kind of lost sight of what we were shooting for, yeah. which was openness, transparency, digital ownership. When Bitcoin launched and eventually was gaining traction and for years, Bitcoin went unchallenged. What was so exciting about that and people openly expressed it, was that you can do anything with, with a decentralized, open, transparent de uh, ledger. ledger. You can do yeah. anything with them. You can build all these apps. And what, what Vitalik tapped into was that it was still really hard to do that for various reasons. And so his, his solution was developing a programming language effectively for that ledger. Great idea worth exploring, still gonna add tremendous value in the future, but this idea that it's the perfect solution to every problem, as opposed to a good solution 
for a tiny number of problems, actually, like a tiny number of really difficult problems. Like, granted, you know, uh, especially when you're talking about B2B, I, th I, I, I think that's where smart contracts are going to produce the most value. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Right. Um, yep. But when you're talking about this stuff that we're talking about, openness, transparency, digital ownership, you can get all of that with a stupid ledger. Um, and then what you really want is fast and feeless. So it's, yep. it's good to see that that's not totally off base. Um, so, but that being said, you know, you were, you were on Ethereum, you were doing all this work in smart contracts. You talked about the importance of speed and feelessness. So I was wondering if you might explain whether you look, whether you considered migrating to EOS, which is similar in many ways to Ethereum, it's kind of a hybrid between uh, Steam and Ethereum. We don't think that means it's better, but perhaps right. you could explain whether you, whether you looked at EOS and why you made the decisions you did with respect to that protocol. Yeah, I think EOS is, is, is a very impressive uh, like you said, hybrid between something like Steam and something like Ethereum. Um, you know, I think down further down our roadmap, we'll probably do a similar type of thing with Ethereum where, you know, if you want your item to be on the EOS blockchain, uh, you'll have that option. Um, ultimately, I think there's a, there's a slight uh, component or there's a major component that is uh, slightly missing and why you know, ultimately why we made our decision to kind of move further towards steam. And that was the, the overarching community aspect. Um, and obviously that, that starts with steam it, but it's, it's really baked into steam. And I mean, the steam tagline is powering communities and opportunities and all of my interactions with the steam community have been very community oriented. So it's not, it's not that I haven't, you know, we looked at, I, I think EOS on a, on a technical merits are, are very high and they do have a community, they do have a community similar to Ethereum um, where, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of talks and they're doing a lot of um, conferences and, and, and meetups. And so we definitely want to, one of the cool things is we, we, we can, we can partner with, uh, we can make it an option to basically use those chains as, as, you know, the demand is, is there. But for, for us, the, the, the decision to go to Steam is ultimately, you know, partially about technology, but partially about community. I do think that there is something that kind of gets lost when it comes to the discussion of the community, because it ties back into the technology and the simplicity of the technology. The community is only there because there are developers developing apps that they love using on it. So the question kind of has to be, well, what's up with this community? Developers had smart contracts in Ethereum. EOS is bringing their own twist to it. But I would suggest that there's still something missing from EOS, which is why I think that we will con continue to outpace their growth in terms of community, which is that we focus on integrating the smart contracts into Steam that developers really want in a protocol. When, when people were coming to us and asking us to add smart contracts to Steam, 
we would always ask them, what do you want to do with your app that requires smart contracts on Steve? No matter what they said to us, we basically always had the same response. Internally, we would look at the situation and our blockchain developers would say, they can do all of those things on Steam using the existing smart contract and then custom JSON ops. Inserting code in JavaScript into custom JSON ops and using that to add that additional layer of functionality to their app. And that's what we're now calling soft consensus. And that is critical for offering a great freemium user experience because we have to bound the number of smart contracts that are executed on chain in order to ensure that the average user can do all the transactions that they want to do. Because as soon as you unbound it, as soon as you start allowing developers to run any kind of crazy smart contract that they want on the same platform, you're going to start having costs spiral out of control, be extremely volatile, and somebody's going to have to eat that cost, whether it's the gas fees on Ethereum or the costs of RAM and CPU on EOS. And so Steam simplicity is really a feature, not a bug, and is critical for sustaining the type of transactions and interactions that are required in order to fuel a large and rapidly growing community. Does that make sense? Am, am yeah. I way off base? No, you, you, you are totally on base in this sense of there are things that we can also do because of the openness. Um, if, 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 as long as you start to accept that you have, the layer is a soft consensus layer that um, are much, you basically get a speed of iteration. You get, a, you get an openness as well. Uh, to basically be able to develop features in the way you want. Uh, Solidity is a, is a decent language. It, it, it's okay. And, but you're ultimately bound to the constructs of not only that language, but the sort of the way that you uh, have to basically build smart contracts. So you don't, it's, it's a lot, um, you don't have the speed of iteration. You don't have the ability to, uh, you know, you're not as flexible and you're not as agile in that, in the context of Ethereum smart contracting to it as you can be uh, with steam. And, you know, you're also, like you said, you're, you're, you're kind of using, you know, JSON and, and you're kind of, you can kind of use the language of your choice if you want to build a library around that to basically uh, do what you need to do, which obviously provides you with massive, massive uh, development uh, efficiency or, or productivity. Um, you know, you don't have to basically have this whole different context with Solidity. You don't have to, um, you know, you have test networks, uh, which are nice, but you don't have to, you know, if you make a, if you publish a smart contract in the Ethereum context, um, you better be sure that, you know, it's very, very well tested because you're going to, um, you know, you're going to be running into, uh, problems if it's not. And we've seen that with, you know, the completely immutable nature of smart contracts is that there's just been um, issues with, with people not being able to fully audit their code and seeing the consequences of that. So, um, you know, I, I think that's something you can overcome. And I think there's, there's, there's a benefit to immutability, um, which we want to provide as another layer in our game. 
But ultimately, when we want a lot of transactions to happen fast and we want to be able to, to publish them in the way that we want to publish them, that's where Steam comes in. Yeah, and I would be remiss were I not to mention the fact that there are at least one, maybe two or more projects on Steam now that are bringing smart contract-like functionality. I don't know if you've looked into them. One, I think, is called Stratos. Um, another is called uh, Scott, but the or, or Steam Engine. Steam Engine yeah. and Stratos might be the same thing. Have you looked into those just out of curiosity? Yeah, so we, we plan on... Um using steam engine for our token side so um you know as i mentioned there's you know you trade in-game cryptocurrencies there's um 10 in the game currently and so each one of those is going to be a token in that if you were to if you know anything about ethereum in the in the ethereum context they'd be like erc20s or you know um fungible uh tokens um so um i think you know the steam engine project was created uh and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, mostly, at least partially by Matt Rosen of Steam Monsters. Yeah, yes. And so I spoke with him and, you know, I was in, he's been a huge liaison um, and wonderful help uh, to us. And um, so anyways, we, you know, I was talking to him about, okay, you know, we have different use cases. We have items, you know, but we also have tokens and tokens ultimately um, fit the use case of Steam Engine where we can produce these tokens, we can set you know, in this case, we'll be minting them on demand, but you can set like a, um, what do you want to call it? A, uh, you know, the, the currency amount, the amount uh, in the pool. Um, and you can do a lot of the, pretty much all the things you can do with the ERC twenties, um, on steam engine. So that's, that's definitely a platform that's, it's pretty developer friendly and also sort of, um, again, Steam Engine sort of taking that ERC-20 concept, which was was a Ethereum smart contracting concept and moved it into the Steam realm and given given a platform and given a structure uh, to be able to do that. So that's really cool. And so that's how we're planning on kicking off the the, the token side of cash. This is, the, the series is called Decentralized Entrepreneurship and Marketing. So mm. for any entrepreneurs, marketers, people looking to get into the space, you have a development background, you're building, you're building this business. Are there, what is the most important lesson you've learned uh, about building a business in this space? Sure. Yeah. And th these are kind of together. Um, you know, I think it's an important lesson. It's, it was a little bit of a surprise, but I think the thing you have to realize about this space is that we are really just at the beginning. Um, I think so many people look back to the historical event of, you know, 2017, 2018, and this, you know, the, the, the speculation around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology was massive. And, and you know, but it's not without historical precedent. And um, if you talk to uh, OGs, and OGs are really just people that, uh, I think, I don't even know what that, is it original gangsters? But anyway, people that have been around the web since the beginning and, you know, they remember the dot-com craze. The dot-com craze was a lot bigger of a craze than uh, cryptocurrency if you look at like market caps um, and things like that. Um, so I think we're really just at the beginning and it's 
you know, really vital when you're building a product that you not only educate people about the benefits because they simply don't know. They, they know it's, they might see it's interesting. You know, there's like someone named Satoshi, there's some benefit. They're not sure exactly what the benefits of, of using blockchain are and how it benefits them. Uh, so you really have to educate people. You have to provide inviting communities to, um, you know, welcome them as a member. And honestly, I think we're still, you know, we're going to have to ultimately compete in, in markets uh, with products that have to be as seamless and as easy to use as like the best technology products that are out there right now. So, um, you know, I think it, you know, nobody's going to use cryptocurrency. Nobody's going to use blockchain technology if they have to fumble through things for 20 minutes. They're just going to keep using their bank card. So, you know, despite it being cool, you know, and this goes for other things like AI too, despite it being cool or despite it being, you know, uh, something that's really hot in the speculative market, ultimately um, there's a lot of hard work in making it really easy to use and, 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 and educating um, people out there why they should be using the technology. It seems to me like a lot of people in the space, too many people in the space are focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing on the technical solutions that they like, dare I say they're sexy, as opposed to focusing on the things that matter, like it being delivering a fast enough user experience. People want to engage with web applications in real time. They don't want to be nickel and dime through them. You can, as long as it's an open platform that can improve over time, you can solve all the other problems. And when, when, when Steam launched, people thought that its lack of smart contracts was going to hold it back. And yet what we've seen is that people develop the solutions. As long as Steam can meet what matters, can satisfy the functions that matter, being fast, being fearless, the smart contracts that matter, the ability to transfer digital ownership, that all leverages smart contracts that are embedded in consensus. They're there for a reason because those right. are the things that people need that redundancy for, that decentralization for, that absolute certainty for. The, that's the receipt they want, not, not the receipt yeah. for the donut, right? Right. Right, exactly. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's why we're, we're, we're going that it's, it's the openness. It's the, you know, the fast and the free and, and, you know, we feel like, too, that there's a lot of good technology will come out of just trying to solve our problem, which is to make an awesome game that people can transact in and have fun in. And, you know, we'll build technology on top of steam that will help people in the future, build more technology. Um, but having that playing field and not having so many limitations, like you said, those core, we'll almost call them physical limitations, right? Like mm -hmm. speed is, is, a, is, is a, you know, that's a physical thing and, and, and cost obviously is related. It's, you know, it's, it's amount of work, you know, you have to, if you have to pay money just to run one line of code, well, the whole universe has, uh, you know, we have ton, you know, you could buy a computer for, for, for a hundred dollars and it will run lots of light lines of code for you. Um, <laughs> you know, it'll run millions and millions and millions of lines of code after you bought it for a hundred dollars. So paying, you know, a dollar for running a line of code is insane. Really. It just doesn't, it doesn't meet 
the economic, like we'll call it the economic physics of, you know what I mean? You're, you're just not yeah. going to be able to bend that around. And so, yeah, we, we think that steam is more for, you know, it's just more based on first principles and also consumer principles, you know, people are always going to want things that are, are fast and they're always going to want things that are less expensive. And so that's, that's, I think a really great choice. And it doesn't matter if, if you wanted to build your own steam or, or your own um, blockchain. Um, ultimately, I, if I was to do that, I would, I would start with those principles. Yeah, but then you're stuck with the, with the same old problem of having to work in consensus. And we, we highly recommend that you leave the blockchain, that people leave the blockchain development to, to us and get on building amazing yeah. applications like Cash the Game. So is there, what would you like to, what's the last thing you'd like to tell anybody who's watching this? Is it go to cash.gg? I see that behind you, but it's yeah. really obscured. Oh yeah, that's hard to see, but um, yeah, well, yeah, of course we're gonna shout out uh, your first opportunity to get pre-registered with the game. Obviously, go to cash.gg again. That's c a c h e dot g g. Um, all you gotta do is just put in an email address. You know, pr preferably use your Steam Connect address or whatever you're using for there. But you know, just some way, and then you'll get a free in-game item, and you can connect with us on Steamit at Cashverse like a universe, but with cash. So that's C-A-C-H-E-verse. -A -C uh, connect with us there. Connect with us on Twitter. Again, Cashverse. Um, and also, you know, we're really excited to, to build on Steam and um, really excited to integrate within the community that's fostered on Steamit. So we are going to be community-focused and we're also opportunities-focused. And, you know, really ultimately cash is going to be a world where you can be yourself grow and obviously be rewarded with community and most importantly, or not last but not least, uh, crypto. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the Steam It podcast and for joining the Steam community. Thank you. Thank you.